0: Welcome to episode three zero three of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host Brad Rowland. It is Sunday evening, and I am joined, as often, by Eric Cole. Hello, sir. It's actually been a while for me and you.
1: Yeah, it's been a bit because you were out of town, and uh, for reasons that you know still escape Scott and I, you left the reins to Scott and I to run episode number three hundred. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was you know, I was well, unavailable, I and I trust you guys. That's that's what it comes down to. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Scott, given the, doing the hosting, he was, he was super nervous about doing it and kind of, you know, running the show. And yeah, I thought, I mean, the, the show was fun, but that week I had road to Atlanta on Friday and then the, then episode 300 and then road to Atlanta on Monday. Uh, and combined with just kind of some scheduling stuff, it was nice to get a couple, a couple uh, talking shop podcasts off, but I'm excited to get to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's been good uh, to keep it going. I know you were, on the road to Atlanta, and you've been sharing your uh, your thoughts in public spaces. But you and I talking now, uh, not quite the celebration of the last gold podcast because the Braves did not uh, win all of their games this week. But still, they're in a good position yeah. despite a two and three week and a very strange week. I know we talked about it last week on the podcast, but between the two game series against the Yankees and then the bizarro world of two games, two days off back to back in the middle of in the middle of the week. Um, it was a weird week, but then they ended on a high note with a uh, a series win against the best team in baseball, at least in the rec- at least in the standings. I don't believe for the record the Giants are the best team in baseball, but they do have the best record in baseball, and that was a nice weekend for the Braves.
1: Yeah, absolutely, especially when like one of those Yankee games, you know that very e- that that very easily could have been a Braves win. You know, the there was some questionable uh, calls that were made in that game, and plus, I mean, sometimes I mean, look Giancarlo Stanton's killing everybody right now. Now, that's yeah. not like a unique. That's not unique to the Braves. You know, people were tweeting about that when the game was happening. But like he's just been, he's just been on one of those. And when you run into a a, a team with a like a two game slate like that, it's already that it was on a crazy hot streak, and it has a guy who you just like if you make one mistake, it's literally going four hundred and fifty feet. I mean that 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 home run he hit in the first game, like I thought that was a pop out, like that was gonna go to shallow right. And end up like going into the chop house. That guy's just crazy strong. And the, the, those kinds of things happen. The, the bigger issue or, or the bigger thing for me was putting on a good showing against the Giants because this is the stretch where it felt like things could get away from the Rays. If, if they were going to get away from the Rays, it was going to be during like this Giants, Yankees, Dodgers type stretch. And while the Yankees series didn't go great, uh, I mean, winning a series with the Giants is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, I think Scott Ibo said that as well last week. It's like, all right, they have these eight games against these three really good teams and just kind of just don't go out and go one and seven, two and six, and you're in, in pretty good shape. And obviously they could still go two and six if they were to get swept by the Dodgers, but two and three start is totally fine against this competition level. I know it was at home, but, you know, it's, it's totally fine. It's not a panic week by any means. It would have been if they, you know, had gotten swept this weekend, but they didn't. And they uh, they played well Had a couple of, you know, today was sort of a breezy win as we'll get into in a second, but Friday was a fun one, sort of a comeback win uh, despite the, uh, Will Smith, um, fireworks. I do want to, you, you referenced it quickly, but Tuesday was a long time ago. It feels like, but the, uh, Tuesday night's game was kind of maddening. You had the Jock Peterson ejection, which was amusing. And then you had the controversial play at the plate with Freddie Freeman after the uh, lengthy umpire review. Where did you stand on
1: umpire review gate on Tuesday? Well, Freeman was safe. Let's just, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that now. <laughs> well, the, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric stands he, there. He was, no, he was, he was a hundred percent safe. I, I, and again, this is the same thing with like the the Alec Boehm call, call at the plate, like you know, and there's plenty of other examples of this, as we've been going on this season. It's that the, the umpires just do not want to overrule other umpires on the field very often, particularly on important plays, uh, plays at the plate in particular, where it comes to whether it becomes down to you know blocking the plate or you know whether or not even like a tag was applied or, you know, a guy beat a slide, like the, those calls just don't get made. The worst one, there was a worst one that happened. The, uh, I think it was yesterday where it was a play at third. Like a guy was trying to get back to third, uh, on a tag, like on, on a, on a fly ball that was, you know, you try to get back to third before getting tagged out and getting back in time. And like the third baseman's entire body was not anywhere within close of third base. He got called out and then they reviewed it. And like, there was no angle where he was safe, where he was out. And they still called him out. And I just, my thing now is that if you're going to, ha- if, if you can't get these calls right where it's clear, then just get rid of replay. Cause it just doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, there needs to be some sort of accountability for umpires. I think there needs to be some third, third party, like not members of the umpires union that are like reviewing these calls uh, when it comes to re- replay and things like that. There just has to be some other different uh, methods of accountability. Cause this is like some of the worst umpiring you can imagine. And, that there, that the safeguard that is in place, which is re- replay, just doesn't, just, just doesn't yield positive results nearly enough for given what the the way actual evidence that exists. I'm just, I'm just over it. Just get get rid of it if you can't, you, if you can't get it right.
0: Yeah, it was maddening. I mean, everyone, almost everyone, I would say. At least a lot of a lot of Braves fans were not exactly thrilled on. Tuesday. So I always wanted to bring Wait, it up.
1: Even the Yankees fans were like, Thanks yeah. So. You know, there were some like, people. Like, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think objectively, that's. Uh, I think you're on the side that I that I'm on as well. It was just, uh, I know it's. I'm trying not to because we do have the daily hammer. Shouts to Sean Coleman. Uh, we're doing this stuff daily now, and I try not to go like super deep into the weeds early in the week. But that was one where I felt like we had to talk about it for a second, just because of how how controversial it was, how like game changing it might have been, all of that fun stuff. So uh, or not or not so fun stuff in in that case. But alas. That was that series. We'll, we'll bury it and move on. Um, as we talked about, over the weekend, they go they go 2-1. and one. Friday's game was um, the most back-and-forth. In fact, the only game that was back-and-forth in any way. The Braves go from being down in the seventh inning to up in the span of two pitches. They scored four runs on two throws from the pitcher to the catcher, which is not a bad place to go when you end up on the right side of it, but uh, it was uh, one big swing and then one even bigger swing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's helpful to have Jorge Soler on your team, uh, as it turns out. Dialed you in. You he's a... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what... To... I still don't know what to make of. Like, I get a lot of tweets. People are like, they need to extend him immediately. And I mean, like, I like Jorge Soler at the same time. But I mean, like, this is a guy whose hit tool is definitely Well, and also, like,
0: his, in, his entire, like, ethos, basically, in his career so far has been he is hot and cold all, and also is injured a lot. So, like, it's this... He's capable of this as we've now seen. I mean, this is this, this is the same man who hit 48 home runs in a season, but his career high other than that before this year was 12. <laughs> so, it's yeah, like yeah, exactly. go, I, I don't know what to make of him either other than he's obviously capable of doing whatever this is as I gesture wildly with him. no no one can see me, but whatever this is right now, he's capable of this. So that's good.
1: He's very very strong. Uh I, and again, this is this kind of gets back to like what happened at the trade deadline. It seems like I mean, Eddie Rosario is a little bit to too be determined. He had a good, he had a decent game today. He had a had a big triple in his return to the lineup, or I guess his arrival to the lineup since he hadn't actually hit hit for the Braves in the major leagues. But I mean, like all these moves that Anthopoulos made at the trade deadline have paid off real dividends. I mean, sure, Adam Duvall like he'll have nights where he's like you know, it's over four with three strikeouts because there's like a, a tough righty on the mound. But I mean, like Solaire's had big hits, Duvall's had big home runs um you know and 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 Richard Rodriguez has been incredibly good out of the bullpen so I mean like it just I think what I've been thinking about more and more just over this last few weeks as the Braves have you know both played well and then watched the rest of the division basically fail to you know be able to play the game of baseball whatsoever I mean watching the Mets and the the Phillies deal with the absolute dregs of the of the league and like st- still getting beat up is been fun to watch to be sure but you know it also kind of reminds me like you know, I sincerely thought that, like, I, I, I'd said on this podcast and I'd said elsewhere, maybe a month, month and a half ago, I put the Braves at like, a 10% chance of making the playoffs. And sure, I mean, like, you know, they certainly got some help from the Phillies. They certainly got some help from the Mets uh, in that, you know, it, kind of to be in the spot that they're in right now, like, healthily in first first place. But the moves that AA made. Like, they didn't cost much. I mean, like, again, they, they their pro- highest-ranked prospect on our list anyway was Alex Jackson that they traded away. And he was a guy, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, like, and they got Adam Duvall for it, who, like, has been contributing meaningfully. And they got real play. I mean, like, Richard Rodriguez is, like, he's under control for a while. I'm going to love seeing him in the bullpen for the next couple of years, uh, assuming that, you know, the random volatility of bullpen guys doesn't happen to him. And, you know, like, these are real contributors who have been – not only like in theory should contribute and in theory should make the team better they have made the team better and probably and have exceeded expectations in a lot of ways and that kind of gets back to you know what the front, the front office made really smart moves both in terms of like investing hey we're not gonna we're not gonna get rid of too many prospects but we're still gonna make this team better I mean it feels a lot better. Right now, watching this team night in, night out, as opposed to, you know, running out, you know, Abraham Almonte and Guillermo Redio every single day and, you know, kind of just hoping that that's going to be enough offense. Sure, we've had some like hot seats from guys like Ozzy and Dansby and Austin, you know, Freddie's had his moments too. I mean, that that certainly helped. But having these guys who have offensive upside actually doing stuff and shoring up the bullpen with a real bullpen piece and Rich Rod, that's made have been a big, big deal. And if you go back to these last three weeks, it's not hard to see.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we have talked about it ad nauseum, but it's worth bringing up regularly because it's the number one topic, really, other than, like, the explosions of Austin Riley and Dansby and all of that stuff. Other than that, it's the the moves they made at the deadline. And Anthopolis uh, has gotten a lot of credit and I think should. I mean, we've not always been, you know, over the moon, particularly Scott, I know, is not the biggest fan always, but even he has been saying and I've been saying and you've been saying that that was a heck of a deadline. And it's obviously, I think, working out better than you could hope, even. Like for instance, Soler has just been ridiculous. Um, but everybody else has just kind of been like okay. Like nobody's been like over their head other than probably Soler. Um Peterson's been totally fine. Like he's a he's a starting caliber outfielder they got for nothing basically. So you go up, up and down the list, um, and just for the record, uh Soler has seven home runs in the 25 games since he joined the Braves. He has a 150 WRC plus with Atlanta, which is uh, you know elite. That level. seems pretty good. Yeah, so that's just what I, that's why I'm saying that it's not that he's not capable of being good. We just said that he was, but that's like top ten in the league, good. And I don't think he's quite that probably. Um, but yeah, they've been all those moves. You know, we got to see Rosario for the first time today, as you referenced. He went two for four with a triple. Um, you know, RIP to the Abraham Abraham Almonte experience. So uh, I actually did. Um, I think people took it as a shot at him, which I really really wasn't meaning that. I think he actually did a good job for what his role was supposed to be. Um, I did say that, you know, it was pretty crazy to me that he ended up having as much playing time as he did, which, I mean, I guess that's kind of mean, but it's also just true. Like, you can't – you know, if you told me – told anybody, you, me, anybody, preseason, that he would have had 200 plate appearances um, by the middle of August, basically – I would have told you you were insane, and that happened. And he didn't kill them; like he was totally fine. Same thing with uh, with Heredia; like they've been able, they've been able to plug holes. But at the same time, Solaire and Peterson, in particular, are notable upgrades on those guys, and that matters in addition to everything else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, we still have a month of baseball left to see kind of how these how these guys play. But it, you know, whether or not, like for example, Solaire just like continues to play like an M, like an MVP candidate. You know, foreshadowing about other MVP candidates that are being discussed that maybe shouldn't be be, be discussed uh, for later on in the show. But I mean, you know, for given what they, especially for what they gave up and what that has meant. Again, you don't. These guys have just been good. Jock has just been very good. You know, what I mean, like he's he's not like. Again, I'm not like, wow, this guy, we need to sign this guy to a seven-year deal right now or anything like that. But no one's going to be mad if Jock Peterson's on the team next year because he's been contributing. No, he's fine. he's fine. And then same thing with, you know, same thing with Solaire. I mean, again, we don't really know with Rosario. We're certainly happy to have Rich Rod on there. Uh, and Duvall seems like, you know, he should have been with the Braves all along. And for the role that he is in, which is he doesn't have to carry an offense. He, but when he's in there, like good things can happen. He hits the ball hard. Uh, hits it for power. I'm surprised, like, the last couple nights, I'm surprised he hasn't had more home runs. He had, like, multiple balls to the warning track and just kind of hit the ball in the wrong part of the part of the park. But, yeah, I mean, it's been, like, just watching what those additions have done, combined with some guys, you know, finally stepping up to the plate and really getting some work done, uh, has helped its offense a lot, and, you know, the rotation's been doing their job. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It absolutely has.
0: Um, before we get into some stuff from the weekend and, of course, look ahead to the future, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. All right, Eric, uh, before we move on, uh, today's game obviously was breezy. It was 9 to nothing, so not a whole lot to talk about there um, as far as the ins and outs of the game are concerned, but some stuff to put a pin in. One thing is that Ian Anderson came back, uh, his first major league start in about a month and a half, um, five and two-thirds scoreless innings. Oddly, did not have a single strikeout, which is kind of strange just for someone who pitches as well as he did, at least as, as effectively as he did against a good team, to have no strikeouts is a little bit weird. But I'm not sure if you, how much about you, you got a chance to actually watch. But what did you make of uh, Ian being back? And obviously, he threw four times in the minors, which
1: is uh, right up your alley, right up your alley as well. Yeah. I mean, his, his rehab starts went like reasonably well. I felt, you know, there's, there's rust there, but it was a lot of weak contact today. It wasn't anything that was like super concerning. He, it didn't feel like he got lucky to get through as far as he did a little bit strange to pull him out uh, when they did. Cause like he threw a pitch and then Snicker came out and brought it and brought in Tyler Matzik to relieve him. So yeah, that you, was, that know. was a
0: pretty odd little, in particular, because Matzik has been so good as well. It was like, in the sixth and you're going to yeah the whole thing was a little bit strange it worked out fine but it you know it worked
1: yeah I mean I don't know if it was just like there was like a hard cap of a pitch count or something or it was a situation where like they just they just needed to get that's like a couple more throws or something like that and so him like taking his time and like you know making that one pitch to see that better like that's the way that's the, just what they wanted to do but you know again that's something I'm kind of keeping an eye on too it's just like you know like is there was there a reason he got pulled out kind of mid at bat like that but Overall, I mean, again, it was a lot of weak of They have a lot. There's just a lot of lefties in that lineup, and they were just kind of putting the ball in play. But it wasn't anything, you know, it was it wasn't anything super concerning. I wasn't like, you know, like, wow, he's not missing bats, you know, and he's yeah. getting hit hard. His defense is just helping him out. It's just kind of like a quirky start. He's never been a guy who's like struggled to miss bats or anything like that. So just it felt like a little bit of a one-off thing. But overall, concerning that, like he's been out for as long as he has, and he still does that against the Giants, where who are somehow. As good as they are, I mean, they they certainly did not look like a team that was that scary to me in this series. Because, I mean, again, no. you have like you know you they you win six five. That offense isn't particularly scary to me. They have some guys who can like occasionally run into a ball, and then there's the ghost you know the ghost of Buster Posey that has somehow turned back into regular Buster Posey this year. Uh, you know, I just hard for me to believe that that's something that's just going to like continue for them. You know, it just it, 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 I just I felt like the Braves were the better team than, than the giants were this year, we're, the, you know, when I'm looking, when I'm looking at these teams, I'm just like, I just think that the Braves are a better team now, you know, that's not going to play out in the standings. Cause like the giants are again, somehow on pace for like a hundred game, hundred wins rather. And that's wild to me. Cause I just don't think they're that great. But, you know, again, Braves played well when they had really, really had to, um, you know, Saturday was kind of a, was kind of a bummer, but again, you know, the, the biggest deal in that game was just that the offense just didn't show up at all.
0: Yeah. And to your Giants point, even after losing two out of three this weekend, they're on pace for 105 wins. Like, they've been ludicrous this year. and they're So out- weird. I mean, their pitching's okay. But. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're also outperforming their run differential, but it's not like it's completely smoke and mirrors. Like, I think everyone, pretty much everyone, outside, of, I guess maybe outside of Giants fans, would acknowledge that they do not have the best roster. Like, they are definitely over their heads. But even I, I was very skeptical of them early in the season. I think I still am. But they've been able to do it for this long, and they're still, even though they're not as good as the Dodgers in run differential, they're number two in the National League. Like they're not faking this. Um, it's kind of smoke and but they're not bad. But I, I, I say I say all that to say, I think if you go up and down the roster with the Braves now healthier, it doesn't look much different. Even if you don't think the Braves are better than the Giants, like it doesn't look out of place. Even without Acuna and all that, like it doesn't look like particularly against the, against the Giants. Like, the Dodgers are a different story when they're healthy, but the Giants are, yeah, you, if, if I don't tell you their record and just show you their roster, no one's like, yeah, 105-1 team on the Giants. They're just not that yeah. kind of talented team, anyway. Um, but, yeah, Saturday was game. I, I, I almost want to just write it off. Like, you know it was fine. The bullpen had, was kind of due for a bad night. They had a bad night, and they couldn't score. It is what it is. But today was more fun. Obviously, we talked about Anderson and Rosario. Oh, what did you make of the... Batting over a shakeup, and I'm going to ask you about this um, also through the lens of uh, Stephen Tolbert. Uh, Shouts to Stephen, who writes for us, wrote about Ozzy and leadoff spot this week, and it got a lot of attention on both sides. And Ozzy, uh, I think we agree he's not a prototypical leadoff man, but also there's the conversation of like, what else do you do there? Because they don't really have that guy on the roster right now with Acuna out. So uh, I, I guess. Two prong question, like what do you make of Ozzy up there, and also what did you make of like you know Peterson going to fifth today ahead of ahead of Dansby, etc. uh
1: So, I mean, I, I like Jock moving up just because I feel like he's been kind of he's been treated like a worse player than he is at times. Like you know he like bat in eighth, bat in ninth, and I mean like it's seems like a weird situation to be in, particularly when he's up against righties. Uh, I like him moving up a little bit against righties. I like. Moving Ozzy down, like, I wouldn't hate Jock in the leadoff spot against righties just because he does work walks.
0: Well, but... you know this, uh, not to cut you off, but uh, you know this. This is what happens here, and I probably should have said this earlier, but um, you know Peterson did hit leadoff when he arrived for a little bit, uh, and there's the correl- there's the correlation versus causation thing because as soon as Ozzy started hitting leadoff, he started winning. But as Stephen lays out in his piece, which I definitely recommend people looking at, it wasn't because Ozzy was awesome; it was because everybody else was basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, and I mean, Ozzy just—he doesn't have like those kind of uh, those on base skills to be that sort of guy. He he, he weird hits for weird amounts of power. Now against the lefty, I mean, I don't have any problems wherever you want to bat Ozzy as long as it's like high because he mashes lefties. He just does, and if so, if that means you want to get him as many bats as humanly possible against a lefty, then so be it. Like, because again, he really hits lefties, hits them hard, so that's fine. But against the righty, I I mean, again, I I. Be be creative. You have you got all these platoon guys <laughs> for a reason at the trade deadline when you have Rosario, you have Soler, and you have J- Jock Peterson. So when you're up against the righty, you know, be creative. And Jock is a guy that, you know, you can't, you know, for opposing righties, they have to respect the fact that if you throw a ball in the strike zone, he can really hit it a long way. So that means that gives him an opportunity because he's also pretty fast too. So you get him on base and maybe he can get something going. But and I'm sure that there's some of it is just kind of the the standard snicker I want lefty left right left right left right and what wherever I put Ozzy can kind of make that work better but you know, I just think that you just need to get your best hitters you know the most opportunities in given matchups and I don't think that Ozzy, particularly right now where he's really scuffling uh, against righties is something that you need to be leading off so uh, and again I, I also want to just you know point out, Stephen's been doing gr- a lot of great work on Talking Chops since he joined oh, yeah. up. Stephen's uh, awesome. I, 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 yeah, long-time admirer of Stephen. You know, Stephen knows that I love him. I've you know been talking to him forever, but at the same time, I'm really happy that he joined up on the staff. He's actually had some time to write now. He's been doing great work. This, this piece they wrote about Ozzy Albies at uh, at leadoff is really, really excellent. You should take a look at it. Again, it's just he's not... You know, again, we love Ozzy. We are pro-Ozzy Albies on this podcast, despite Brad Rollins' attempts to try to trade him away very early, his, very early on his on his career. But I, I think that maybe against... Particularly against righties, it certainly warrants some exploration to maybe move him down a bit.
0: Yeah, and while we're here... Uh... Steve is not the only person that we have added, you know, uh, Cassie and Caitlin and Allie. We have all kinds of new people on the site in the last couple of months, and they're all doing awesome stuff. So I know we were talking about Steven's piece, but did not want to overshadow everybody else that we've added to the staff.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, long, long-time admirer of Cassie. I, I love the energy she brings uh, to the staff, just in general, she's just like a great human being. Uh, I didn't know Allie and Caitlin beforehand, but they they are, seem really on fire, really excited to join the staff too. Really exciting to kind of get a like a, a, a lot a lot more vo- more voices, new voices, a diversity of voices. We're just happy to have all all of them, and I'm super happy to kind of have all these folks who are coming in and kind of contributing to the staff because again, we've like it's really been the core. Well, I mean, I say, I say core, like there's only a small number of people like the same 12 to 15 of us have been around for a while now. And it's kind of nice to just have some, you know, just have some new fresh perspectives on staff.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I, I retired from writing long ago. So having people that write things better than I was able to do them previously was good. Um, anyway, all that to say, I, I think I agree with you on Ozzy. It's it's kind of funny. I'm not sure if Snicker will ever do this, but it does set up pretty naturally to me to like have a lineup Construction with Jock leading off against righties and Ozzy against lefties. And it's, it seems pretty obvious to me that that's, a, that's like a thing that they should consider doing. Um, I don't know if he'll ever do it, but the numbers yeah. on Ozzy are just not... I mean, we love Ozzy, and it's kind of crazy. I We talked about this before we started recording. Um, I wonder what percentage of people in the world would, would know that Ozzy has more fan WAR than Austin Rowley does this year. Because he does. Even after today, he still does. So Ozzy's, no, Ozzy's, uh, been, Ozzy's been very good this year. It's just that... Leadoff is not really his thing. Like it's crazy for a guy who's whatever he is five. What's it? What's it at five seven? I think he's like five five. Whatever he is, uh, <laughs> Ozzy is I'll not a leadoff. Quite
1: guy. That short, but
0: I mean I'm I'm mostly kidding. But his OBP in the leadoff spot in his career is um, 303 coming into today. And it's 292 this year coming into today, which obviously went up a little bit today because he went two for four. But and that's there's a little bit of cherry picking there because it's it's a it's a split in a a position in the lineup, which I'm not a huge fan of. But for a long time, Ozzy's not been an OBP guy. He's not a play. He's not a plate approach guy. He's a um, sort of hunt your stuff and be you know be powerful and be fast, all that stuff. But he's not a work walks kind of hitter. He's not a prototypical leadoff guy. So it's kind of strange. But I do think that they're just going to roll with him because they've been winning, and that's kind of what Snicker does. And I'm not, I'm not angry about it either. I just think that it is worth exploring or at least talking about that it may not be the perfect construction to have him up there every day.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I, I do have to ask you, how much did it hurt you to see Tuki Sant throwing out of the bullpen today?
0: Uh, not at all. Uh, I, I, I understand. Now I, I hope they give him more chances to start. Um, him coming in the ninth did not shock me particularly because i think it had already been announced or maybe it was close to being announced that the probables for the first three days that this week did not include him um so once that happened and there's no like firm indication from snit that they're going to go to six band rotation and it it's pretty obviously going to be Tukey that's the odd man out because they've already kind of said that smiley's not going to go anywhere right now so i i kind of get it i was encouraged to see him throw though like You know, there's a different world where maybe they just like send him down to the minors and I don't want that to happen because if they're not going to start him, we've long thought, I know you've, we've had this conversation a number of times, but Tukey could be awesome in the bullpen. I mean, it's never worked so far in the limited time that they've tried it, but his offerings would profile there and he seems to be a different slash better pitcher now than he was a couple years ago, knock on wood. So I didn't hate it. It was a little weird. To be sure, like I, my brain, already kind of turned off the game. I mean, I, I was on, but I wasn't like dialed at that point in time. And I was like, "Wait, Tuki's coming in. Okay, I guess I gotta watch this." And you know, mixed feelings. I guess is the long way long way around it. Just to say, like, I hope he's on the team. I also think it's possible that he may not start anymore if they're healthy, which I I understand it anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I. I... It Tukey is such an easy guy to dream on because like he'll he'll like That's put together a, a good start in the minors, uh, or put together a, a good start in the majors too. It's just he's not been consistent in really any role, but we've seen him be good as a reliever. Like I, I I do disagree with you that he's never been good as a reliever. And again, it was kind of a short sample size. You know the a playoff run. You know in, including you know in twenty eighteen, but you know it's he's just. He's a maddening player because he, like, doesn't really uncork his stuff anymore. He doesn't really throw, like, those real hammer curveballs anymore. He he, And I feel like that if he's going to succeed as a major league, like, be, like, Excel, is that he has to be in a position where he can, like, really, like, uncork his stuff and, like, throw as hard as he can. And, you know, really, like, bury those curveballs and things like that. And I just don't think that's something that's really possible for him outside of a relief role. Which... The, and the problem that you're now encountering is just that there's so many guys. I mean, like, as a starter right now, like, I, Tubby Tucker Davidson's like hanging around, and we have Kyle Muller, Bryce Elder shoving at AAA now, and there's other guys that are kind of making their way up. Like double, that double A rotation, they're going to have to find places to play those, and all those guys are really good. I just think that at this point, you just need to move Tukey to the bullpen, and that's just what his role is, because I just. Again, when he's a starter, he has to back up his stuff to command his ball, command his stuff past a few a couple innings. And when he's doing that, he's just not that special of a pitcher. And so, you know, again, I'm I'm, hap- I'm happy to still see him around. I love Tukey, and I think that, you know, talent-wise, you know, he's easy to love. But I think at the end of the day, for him in Atlanta specifically, it's bullpen or bust for him right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. There's still another month. Maybe something happens. Maybe Smiley blows up or... Maybe Tukey just like forces his way in, but he had, he hasn't thrown in a week. I mean, I, I'm okay with pitching a guy in that spot, um, just because he's he's on your roster and he hasn't pitched in a week. Might as well put him out there nine zero and like. And, he, and he's not Josh Tomlin. Well, <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking the bait on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna move right along from there, Eric. <laughs> but yes, I'm glad you asked about Tukey. Uh, he he pitched today and did fine. I, I,
1: so. I actually have another I have actually another question oh, for no. you. Okay. How many relievers in the Braves bullpen do you trust more in a high leverage situation than Will Smith right now?
0: Uh, well, you're 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 preaching to the Will Smith optimist. You know this. You know this. I am.
1: Yeah, that's am, why I'm asking you. I
0: like Will Smith more than most people do. I'm pulling up the list so I don't miss anybody right now. Just so I have the names in front of me um, of Braves bullpen options. Uh, okay, what's the situation? Just like one run game coming in for one inning. Is that was that what you're asking me right now?
1: Um, yes, and, okay. and, and like well, like seven. Se- let's say seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, because I think that. Mm. I mean, seventh, eighth, or ninth, in that position, facing the heart of the order. Okay, well, and, yeah, and, we're, and we're not we're not we're, and we're not thinking about handedness.
0: I was gonna say, do I get to factor in? Hand? Okay, so maybe not handedness. All right, I will say, at this moment in time, I trust Matsick, Luke Jackson. <laughs> Never would have thought that
1: was going to be the case before this season. That might be tough. it,
0: though. Honestly,
1: and I know that's gonna. I you, mean, you you trust you trust Richard Rodriguez less than Will Smith right now in that situation.
0: Uh, okay, pro- probably Rich Rod, but honestly, I, I I'm not trying to go down this rabbit hole. I there is too much in his in Rich Rod's peripherals for me to be like okay. Like I'm still terrified that something's just going to happen with Rich, with Rodriguez because his peripherals just don't make sense. Um, but. I will. Okay, that's fine. I, I admittedly I did not have his name at the top of the list because he's thrown so many. He's thrown so few innings, so he was not in my peripheral. Mind yeah, 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 yeah. I know I get
1: that. That's what, just, just clarification. So th-
0: those three guys. Uh, yeah, that that that's it though. I, I would not take Chris Martin. I would not take, AJ Minter.
1: I I, I agree with those. Yeah. Um, and
0: I I and I think I know people are going to get mad at me, and that's okay. I am not trying to stake my entire reputation on Will Smith. I promise you. Uh, I just think that my, my my entire point, and when Scott and I had this conversation, I got I got some emails uh, or, or some messages. No, again, I want to say as, as plain as day. I I don't think Will Smith is awesome. I don't. Uh, my my whole point in the last few weeks is that I think he the hate's gone a bit too far on Will Smith. He's not terrible. It's just that he's not been great, which is fine. I, I'm I'm acknowledging that the home run. Uh, it's been actually like I might start calling this the Will Smith a two a two run lead. That, uh, where he allows a solo home run with like one out in the ninth is like the Will Smith now, basically. Like, he's not blown any I mean, saves he's, recently.
1: He's, he's, been, he's, he's been
0: doing it a lot, but he, yeah. he's not blown any saves recently. He just like is, uh, for some reason, automatic to allow a solo home run when you're up by two. I, I don't really get it, it's uh, hasn't bitten them recently, but to your, it's a good question you're asking. I think my final answer though is yeah, Matt, give me Matsuk Jackson. Man, Luke's been awesome.
1: I know we were very pro He's been Luke. really really good. Like the early, like the early season was the Luke Jackson experience where it was like there's base runners and you know, weird things happening in innings. But, like, the last... It's been a while, and he's been good for a while. Well, and this is like crazy especially because... Especially if there's two righties in an inning that I need to get out, like, th- bring yeah. me Luke. I think well, you, you would not allow me to get into the hand in
0: this thing. But I, I think particularly right, right, with right. Jackson versus Smith, it would be, like, very handed handedness-focused. Uh, but, yeah, all that to say, when Jackson was the closer uh, a couple of years ago, when people, like, really hated him... And we were defending him. Um, I feel I feel pretty good about that stance. I think that he's not he's not Craig, he's not Kirk Cameron or anything. But
1: we we kind of always believed on some level in Luke Jackson. Yeah. the... The, pro- the problem that people have with Will Smith is that for as much money as he's making, as a reliever. Well, that's what it is. Yes. That, that, that's, that, that's the that's the we,
0: we problem. We kind of know that's the – I mean, it's like – I think we probably acknowledged it. That's definitely – it's a combination of he is the closer, which automatically raises your profile and the anger level when you don't do well. And then you throw in the contract. So those two things are definitely driving the conversation. And I get it. I mean, I wish money didn't matter – and I don't, I don't think it does as much as people does, but for a team that does kind of operate with some level of fiscal responsibility, the money does raise his profile. and be like, all right, man, if you're making $13 million a year, you better be awesome. That's unfortunate. It's not his fault that he's making that much money. They, they paid him the money. I always say that about players. Like I never blame the player for signing a lucrative contract. Right. It's not their fault. That's the team's fault. Um, but you're right. Those two things. It's the closer role and the money. And people get real, real, real angry. And I get it. I mean, he's not been good now for the last, I don't know, month, charitably, something like that. He's not been very good. So I get it. I'm looking at this up now as we're talking, and it's not loading for me, so I'm trying to get it. Uh, his recent numbers, I think his August numbers are like, I'm intrigued by them. Okay, I have them in front of me now. In August, he has a 5.84 ERA. Like, that's not good. Like, no, that's that That is definitely criticizable. No one's saying otherwise, so... Good question, though. I appreciate you asking that because that's. Uh, I had not thought about that actually. Just in that in that way, maybe we'll rank the bullpen uh, like the week in between the playoffs and the regular season. Provided the Braves are in the playoffs, knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood. Nothing is over. But if uh, if, they, if they like no, clinch, maybe, maybe maybe if if, they, if 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 they clinch or something, maybe we'll do like a reverse ranking order of the bullpen. That'd be fun, actually.
1: I'm am I'm I'm with you. I'm down. Let me know what episode that happens. I'm in.
0: Um. Okay. Um. Other than all of that, uh, we have acknowledged that um, Riley's been ridiculous, uh, freddie has been really good, all that stuff. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit, but also take stock. So the Braves go, the Braves go two and three this week. The Mets and the Phillies actually won some games for a change over the weekend. Um, however, let's spend a second on this. The Mets apparently hate their fans. Did you see the story today? I,
1: I no, I yeah. Javier Baez is doing the thumbs down thing, and, and he was not boom. alone. There,
0: there were multiple members of the Mets yeah. that were like trolling their own fan base on the field, which is like,
1: what are we here, doing here? Here, uh, here, here's the only thing I'll say about that. If you think that any fan of any New York team is going to handle that well, you are sorely mistaken, and you will get run out of town. They won't care. If you hit 50 home runs for you, if you are, like, actively engaging with the fans negatively in, in that market, good luck. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah, that, that was a poor—I mean, bad, bad.
0: I, we, I'm sure we enjoyed it because we don't enjoy the Mets. But, man— uh, Oh, it's oh,
1: it hilarious. Yeah, for sure.
0: That is a really bad idea for the Mets uh, players, and particularly Javi Baez, who just got there. That's not a good idea. He's not been great there either. Uh, not not a good yeah. decision. Um, yeah, all 11 games of Javi Baez, and he decides he's going to take on the city of New York. Yeah. Not a good <laughs> idea, especially when you're 7.5 games out and you're in third place in the division. Um, so, yeah, the, the Mets are 7.5 out. The Phillies are 4.5 out, so they did close a game this week. I believe it was 5.5 at one point, uh, five, six days ago. Um, but the Braves are still in good shape. 538, which updates in real time, has the Braves at 86% to make the playoffs and 83% to to win the division, Eric, our favorite game, does that seem appropriate, too high or too low to you
1: on the projections? Uh, I think it's about right. I mean, the the this this, this was honestly the straight my, my my I maintained going into this kind of eighteen game stretch. If the Braves just held their own, which two and three through these first two series is absolutely holding your own, right? Like I just I just believe that to be the case. If they can get through the Dodgers series, like don't get swept. Right. That's basically the, that's my mantra for that for that for this series is don't get swept by the Dodgers because then you can kind of let some bad things happen. But like the Phillies have had like had to scratch out wins against the Diamondbacks and they like lost. They lost a couple games over the course of the two days, two, two days off that the the Braves had off that they lost two games. And that's how they got to the five and a half uh, game lead going into the weekend. Like they're not no, neither of these teams are trying to make a realistic push and they're really struggling against some bad teams. So if the Braves can just get through this stretch with the Dodgers, then all of a sudden, like, this schedule becomes a lot less scary. It just it does. Like, all of a sudden, it's a lot of other easy teams, and I think that they're playing well. If they can get again, if especially if they can win this series against the Dodgers, like, I won't say that the division's over because this, se- this season has reinforced the idea that a lot can go wrong very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and But at the same time, like, I think that it would be very, very hard for the Braves to miss the playoffs very very
0: hard yeah I I tend to agree and we're almost there we're not quite there but we're almost to the point where I'm going to start talking about them uh, start stop talking about the Mets the Mets have a have a one percent chance per 538 to win the division one percent now it's that's not, not zero but the Mets don't make up some ground in the next week week and a half like it'll start being a two-team conversation it kind of already is in my mind to some degree, but I, I, I refuse to just completely bury the Mets. But in my view, it's unlikely that the Mets win the division. So, uh, Especially with DeGrom. Well yeah. yeah, the DeGrom the thing looms there and all that. So, you know, I agree with you. The Dodger series is big. Um, that's this week. And then also, sneakily, the Rockies are not good, but they're awesome at home. The uh, the Rockies are forty three and twenty two in their home ballpark this year. Now they are the worst team in the league on the road. Like, like I cannot still imagine. I know Scott. I talked about this last week. I cannot fathom how a team is as good as they are at home and as bad as they are on the road. It seems to be impossible to me. And there is a lot of I'm sure randomness in there, but it is truly remarkable how big the split is. For the Dodgers, I'm sorry, for the Rockies this season at home and, then, and at home and on the road, and the Braves do have to go to Denver. Uh, just to round that whole thing out, the Rockies are 17 and 48 on the road. So, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. They're 26 uh,
1: games say, better. 26 games. <laughs> it's 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 pretty wild. Uh, I'll I'll just say that of if you're gonna go to Colorado to have a team like the Braves, which seems to be built to hit home runs. Like that's something that they just, they hit a bunch of them. They just do. Uh, and I think that it's going to be kind of hard to outslug the Braves on a consistent basis for Colorado. I'll, I'll just say that they look, they, they've been good. I'm not going to deny that at all. Uh, but we're kind of also getting to the part where like, you know, like the Rockies are really, really out far out of it. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be super motivated to, you know, be as motivated to beat the Braves there. I think that the Braves will perform well there. Obviously anything can happen because, again, one, Colorado's played well there. Two, that's one of those weird stadiums where weird things can happen. Same thing with, like, Cincinnati, where, like, you know, like you can be significantly better than the Reds, but, you know, they're used to this playing in that weird ballpark and they just hit a bunch of, you know, cheapies that have a bad box of a stadium and that sort of thing. So, again, weird things can happen. Again, same thing with Yankee Stadium is another example. So I'm not going to, like, discount any possibility, but I expect the Braves to play well in Colorado. I do. Yeah, I'm not saying to be totally
0: afraid. I just think it is. It is worth keeping in mind that. Oh yeah, that's
1: not guaranteed sweep range. Well, no no, 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 yeah,
0: exactly. And people are going to undoubtedly cite the Rockies' record overall, which is not good. Like they're a bad baseball team. Um, just just for record, record keeping sake, they're they're on pace for five thirty eight for seventy four wins. They're sixty and seventy. Like they're not good, but. That is not exactly indicative of their home performance, and they, and the venue does matter, and Colorado's weird and all that stuff. So it's not the easiest week in the world, long story short. You, know, you, have, you have to go to LA, that's obviously a challenge. I still think the Dodgers are the best team in the league, and by the league I mean the entire major leagues. Um, they're really good, and you have to go there. Yep, and, they're scary. And you're facing Arias, Bueller, and Scherzer, uh, three very good pitchers. Uh, granted, it is Smiley, Morton, and Freed for the Braves, so it's not like that's like chop liver. Uh, Charlie Morton, by the way, is like top ten in um, Fangraphs WAR among National League starting pitchers. Like he's been very good this year. freed has been very good recently. All that stuff. But still, I think on paper, and I don't, Braves I don't want to hear it, but you're not the favorite in this first series. Uh, it's just not. You, you, uh, especially, especially when you're running Drew Smiley out there in Game One. Obviously, right? the Braves can win two out of three. They could even sweep the series. But on paper, I, I guarantee you, if there's a betting market available for. <laughs> for series price, in these three games, the Dodgers are favored, and that's fine. What you have to do is just avoid disaster. I mean, that's that's the benefit of building this lead the way they have so quickly is that you don't have to go out and sweep the Dodgers now. You can go out and even go one and two. I mean, if, if you put together a you know three and four, four and three week, no one's going to be overjoyed about three and four. But if you go three and four on on a west on the west coast trip against these two teams, that's not the worst result. Like you're fine at that point.
1: No, nope. especially given the situations with these two teams, like that—that—that that, that is not a terrible result. I—I I, I expect the the Braves will perform fine. Uh, and again, all just hold your own because it's not like the Phillies or the Mets are doing anything that inspired in any way. I mean, like the Phillies just had a bunch of guys go on COVID, on on COVID IL, the Mets, like a lot of their guys are either hurt or can't play or yelling at their fans. Uh, sometimes multiples of those things are true about certain players. So I'm just, you know, again, those, are, those aren't teams that are like really making you like, wow, I, we need to win both of these series convincingly just to, you know, hold them off. Just play well, you know, again, don't get annihilated play reasonably and then after that (laughs) don't be annihilated is great i love it. do not do oh well no i mean if they go one if they go like one and six this week the division race i i imagine could get a lot more interesting than anyone wants it to be but i don't i I think they'll do a little better than
0: that i i would concur across the board with that i think if i had to project actually just flat out project a win-loss record for the next seven games it's either three and four or four and three Yeah, that feels right. That might get me in trouble with Braves fans, but I'm just being honest with you. That's what I would project. I mean, I feel better about the Rocky series than you do about the Dodgers series, for obvious reasons. Um, Oh, also, while we're here, Philly has Washington and Miami this week. They're on the road, but those are two bad baseball teams right now. So, advantage Philly on the schedule.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we thought that way. when they we, we thought that when they traveled to Arizona, where was one of those. That is, that is first true, season. but they've also and they, they got also, swept by them.
0: They did. That is true. They also just beat their. They finally, finally beat the Diamondbacks three, three games in a row. So they've seemingly found whatever was lacking in the Diamondbacks' uh, defeat department. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not trying to overstate it, but um, you know, that's just something to keep in mind too. So, I think if they can hold serve, uh, compared to the Phillies over the next seven days, their playoff odds will rise and that's the way it's supposed to yep, work yep. and yep there that's that's what you goal... I mean obviously you want to go 6 and 1 like you want to get greedy at this point in time and put it oh, away yeah. No. I know we we would love it if the Braves could put this thing away in like mid September that'd be that'd be great for me it'd be great for you it'd be great for Scott it'd be great for our all of our all of our blood pressure it'd be awesome i really enjoy that
1: it, it'd be big great for Chris because all of a sudden he could plan Chris could, could breathe anything. for a second yeah it would be you know, good know, be, yeah, yeah he, he, he's actually been managed to steal days off here and there and I'm, I'm Thrilled for him you know
0: being as plugged in as he is. Well, when the Braves have uh, a random scheduled back-to-back off days in the middle of the week in August, for reasons passing understanding, it allows some flexibility, which is good. So, shout out to the Braves. Oh, last thing, I promise. Uh, I just pulled this up, and I was. I, I want to know what you think of this. Uh, I pulled up the game-by-game projections on 538 right now for this week. Uh, this is a reminder that baseball is is baseball. Every single game on this week's schedule uh, has between a 36% uh, win percentage and a 64% win percentage for either team. So, basically you're coin flipping seven times. <laughs> Which is baseball in a nutshell, yep. honestly. Yep. like I forget that sometimes, I think we're all guilty of that, but uh, it's kind of h- hilarious when you just look at like a big list of of baseball projections, even among teams that are not even that close together, it's like a 70-30, <laughs> which is not that high. I mean, it's just not that big yep, of a...
1: Yeah, weird, yep, weird things happen.
0: I'm used to like doing basketball stuff and football stuff where the, sp- the splits are a lot bigger. Like the best team in the NBA versus the worst team in the NBA... It's like an 85-15 kind of thing, maybe 90-10 sometimes if they're if they're actually trying. In baseball, you put the Dodgers against the Orioles, and like, yeah, they're a huge favorite, but it's not as big as it would be in other another sports. It's, it's one baseball game, so. Yep. Alas. Um, all right, Eric, anything else to plug? Other than Jesse Franklin, uh, power hitter,
1: anything else to talk about on the podcast? Uh, well, I mean, I guess Luke Waddell, power hitter, too. I would have not bet that, that guy would have had uh, six home runs uh, in his debut season after being drafted, but here we are. Uh, You know, a nice little senior sign from day two is kind of going wild. Beyond that, just make sure you're watching the site where there's going to be a lot of content coming up. Uh, We're, you know, the the minor league season is kind of slowly winding down, so make sure you're reading those recaps, and we're going to have some sort of kind of like end-of-the-year type stuff coming up kind of in the relatively near future. Road to Atlanta, uh, barring a disaster, we'll re-record it tomorrow as well. So those are all things to kind of keep an eye out for. And, you know, again, once we start getting into September – and the playoff picture becomes a little bit more clear. We're going to start doing a lot of that preview content over on the site. So make sure you're reading the site over at talking and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Cause I'm sure that Brad's going to tell you all the ways in which you can do that. So <laughs> you don't miss a single bit of content, uh, put out by uh, myself, one Brad Roland, as well as many others.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eric, I'm not sure if you heard this, but there's only, if there's, there are many paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. I just want to tell you that right now. There's only one. road <laughs> to Atlanta.
1: Uh, hey, hats hey, hat to Kyle Tate for that little gem. Yeah, um, shots hey, to, Kyle. I, I, yeah. Shouts to Kyle Tate. Uh, I need to get him to record a new intro, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is
0: it is what it is. But yes, there's plenty of content. I know I say it all the time. I'm going to do it again right now. Eric just did it. But please subscribe to the podcast via Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Facebook now has podcasts, by the way. Uh, all the Really? Odyssey, yes. There are now Facebook podcasts. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, pick your favorite podcast player. Also, every single episode of all of our podcasts is on the site itself, um, talkingtrop.com, and there's a little convenient little uh, button you can find. Um, You mentioned Road to Atlanta. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. Uh, Just please tell your friends and leave five-star feedback. But you mentioned Road to Atlanta. You have this podcast. You have Sean Coleman. Carrying us four or five days a week on the Daily Hammer. I filled in for the first time on Daily Hammer on Friday morning. That was fun. Uh, I'm glad Sean is around, though. Sean does better. Sean does a better job than I do uh, on that podcast. Sean but does a great job. I got and through he,
1: it. And, he, and he, he does a great job, and he is, like, relentless with those things. So I'm, I'm, we I'm, had I to, we to, had to be stuck.
0: Important. I mean, I, I know between Sean and Chris, we were very stuck to be like, hey, Brad, can you do Daily Hammer? Like, I had to be the fifth option. There's no way I was the number one option. That's okay. I filled in. I talked for 10 minutes by myself. It was fun. Um, but anyway, please subscribe to the podcast. Eric, thank you for joining me as often, my friend. We will talk soon. I'm sure. No problem, man. Appreciate you. And as everybody else, please stay tuned. See you next time.